You're listening to Friendlier, the podcast for friends who love to talk, read, and eat. I'm Abby. And I'm Sarah. Today, we're going to talk about household management, both what's working and what isn't. But first, let's catch up on life lately. Abby, what's been happening with you? Well, the huge news from our house is that Plum is walking. Yay! She has been slow to walk. She's 17 months old now. And she did really funny things gross motor wise. So she didn't sit up for a long time. She didn't army crawl or anything for a long time. And when she did finally start to move, the way that she moved was by rolling. She never got up on all fours. At first, she just would roll around. She was very good at changing directions. That was so interesting to me because my kids never did that. They Uh basically never learned how to roll from their belly to their back. Hmm. They did it when they were really, really little just because they didn't have head control and their head would help them flop over. Mm -hmm. But once they could, they never did it. So seeing Plum roll around in the videos that you would post was just, I think it was really cool how she was getting around. Yeah, it was pretty funny and really unique. Lots of people said what you're saying, that their kids never did that. I mean, we were at a Christmas party and people were like taking videos of her doing (laughs) it. So she did that. Then she did army crawling. Then she did all fours crawling. And she was all fours crawling by the time she turned one, but not very well. So then she's gotten really good at that. And because she was still mostly just crawling at her one-year pediatrician appointment, we were referred to talk to somebody about her gross motor development. And they were actually really comforting when I talked to them. They said, oh, don't worry about it. If she's not walking by 18 or 19 months or if she was delayed in more than one area, we might worry. But that was really reassuring to me. So she's just been doing things at her own speed. And I would say now she spends at least half the time on two feet, mostly still cruising. But like this morning, she cruised along the wall and then got to a corner and then let go of the wall and just walked into the center of the room. It's very fun. What's been happening with you, Sarah? I also have a child milestone to share. E just potty trained about a week and a half ago. That is so awesome. It's amazing. So we are now done with diapers and done with cloth diapers. So I'm no longer washing cloth diaper laundry and we can sell our cloth diapers now. It's just really cool. I wanted to try and potty train this summer, but I wasn't in a huge rush. We were doing a camp last week that she was going to be in and I felt like we should wait till after that was over so that Mm -hmm. we would be home more and that she wouldn't be doing it right before she was in this new different care situation. Mm -hmm. But she was really motivated by wearing undies. Mm. HP was very food motivated. He is not. (laughs) She is more fashion motivated, I guess. That doesn't surprise me knowing what I know about both of their personalities. So she's been wanting to wear undies and going into her room and taking off her diaper and putting them on long before she was interested in learning how to use the toilet. Mm. So it was very problematic because I didn't always know when she had done it because she would put her pants back on after she had changed. And then there would obviously be an accident somewhere in the house to the point where I hid all of the undies. They were in her drawer before and then I put them away in a closet and told her, once you learn to use the toilet, you can have undies. It went really well. The first couple of days were fairly accident prone, but after that, it's really gone very smoothly. I've been really impressed and it's great for my parenting style, which is not good at things like 
taking her to use the toilet every 15 to 30 minutes because mm-hmm. I just forget and don't do it. So the fact that she's already telling me when she needs to go and going by herself is great. It feels like a huge milestone, obviously, for her, but also for your like parenting world because mm-hmm. now you've got two potty trained kids. It's so amazing. And I mean, congratulations, friend. Thanks. It definitely feels like we're moving into a new era of parenting. I love it. Are you ready to talk about what we've been reading? I have been reading Option B by Cheryl Sandberg and Adam Grant. And this is a book that has gotten a lot of talk lately. I first heard about it on a podcast. But Cheryl Sandberg is the chief operating officer of Facebook and her co-author is a professor at Wharton. And it is a nonfiction book written from Cheryl's point of view, even though they co-wrote it. And it's sort of memoirish in that a lot of it is describing her experience losing her husband, Dave Goldberg, suddenly while they were on vacation together in Mexico and sort of what that experience was like and then what her grief and recovery has been like since then. But then mixed in, there's a lot of social science research as well as other people's stories about facing adversity and what it means to be resilient. I really liked the book. It's probably not my favorite nonfiction book that I've ever read, but I do love when nonfiction does this sort of personal stories mixed with other people's stories mixed with research style. And it's also been making me think about, for one thing, how grateful I am that I have faced probably minimal adversity in my life. And I think a lot of that speaks to my privilege as a middle-class white woman. But I think it also speaks to really good fortune that both my parents are still living and both of Andrew's parents are still living. And we've had hard things in our life, certainly, but the stories of the other people And just imagining losing your husband at such a young age. Her kids were, I think, seven and 10 when their dad died. It just made me reflect a lot on how lucky and grateful I am to have the things that I have and to get to enjoy the time that I have with the people that I love. When hard things happen, people often feel hopeless. But it was very comforting to me that there's research that shows ways that can help you recover and ways that can help one really hard, horrible event not ruin your life. And that was a comfort as well, because I know that hard things will happen. Yes, I really relate to everything that you're saying and feel that I have also been very fortunate to not experience the kind of adversity that sounds like was described in this book. But I think that's also a function of age that Mm -hmm. we may have avoided that up till now. But the longer you live, the more people you lose that you love. Mm -hmm. And I love what you're saying about this being a great resource sounds like it offers perspective and tools. That's exactly right. And the other thing that they've done, like with her book Lean In, where they started Lean In communities where you can find other people wanting to sort of practice the things that are introduced in that book, they're also starting Option B communities. So you can go on the website and find other people who have lost children or who have lost parents or spouses or who have experienced sexual trauma and find support in that way. And so I love about the books that she's written that they do go beyond just here's a book that becomes a bestseller. 
Right. And she says it in the book a lot that she wants the book and the communities that come out of it for people to be part of her husband's legacy, which I thought was just a wonderful way to turn something really awful toward the positive. I listened to it on audiobook and it's not her reading it, which I was kind of disappointed about, but that was really the only thing I didn't love about the book. It's really short. So even if it's not your favorite thing, it doesn't take much time to get through it. And I did enjoy it. I found myself wanting to get back to it and and happy to move through it pretty fast listening. It's also been on my radar and I want to pick it up. I read the post that she wrote Mm. a few months after her husband died that went Mm -hmm. viral on Facebook that was just really beautifully written. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like if the book is anything like that was, and I'm sure it is, that I would find a lot of value in it. Absolutely. What have you been reading, Sarah? I've also been reading a pretty tough book. I finished Just Mercy by Brian Stevenson, and it's a nonfiction book that follows his work through the Equal Justice Initiative. And That is an organization that was founded by the author, and they work to represent people who are on death row. It is based in Alabama, and so a lot of the stories in the book were in Alabama or in the South, but they do work nationwide. Mm -hmm. It had a special focus on the story of Walter McMillan, who is somebody who was put on death row in the late 1980s. There is just so much I did not know Mm -hmm. about the justice system and the way that it works. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so easy to ignore and to not think about if you are not directly affected by it. Yeah. This book brought to my attention the importance of everyone paying attention and being aware and advocating for justice. Just seeing the way that the law is not blind Mm -hmm. and how much money you have and what color your skin is affects the way you are treated by the system. Mm -hmm. And It ruins people's lives and tears families apart in ways that are not just. Mm -hmm. It was especially powerful to realize how recently all of these stories were. I think the oldest one is Walter's story, and he was convicted in the late 80s. And that's in our lifetimes. Reading these things that were and are happening now was astonishing to me that I just never knew. Yeah. Have you read Orange is the New Black? I did read that because it was one of your favorite books from a few years ago. And so I read it. I had a similar kind of awakening about the justice system after reading that book. And it sounds really different because it's from the point of view of a white woman who trafficked drugs and then ended up getting sent to prison for the drug trafficking that she had done. But she really tells her story from the point of view of this could have been so much worse if I wasn't a white woman Mm -hmm. and that if I couldn't afford legal counsel and that kind of stuff. I mean, it's really important, but that doesn't mean that it's easy to read. Right. It also did some comparisons with this is how many people we are imprisoning in our country and what percentage of our citizens we are imprisoning Mm. compared to other places Mm -hmm. and how expensive that is. Yeah. He really highlighted the way that we're treating disenfranchised populations. He has a special focus on minors, the mentally ill, and people of color, Mm -hmm. and how the system treats all of them very differently than it would treat you or me. Mm -hmm. The only thing I didn't like about the book was I didn't find the writing style particularly engaging, Mm -hmm. but the content was so good, I could not stop reading it. Mm -hmm. I wanted to know what happened in these cases, and every chapter, it was a new perspective, and I just devoured it. So would you recommend it? It sounds like you would. 
I would definitely recommend it. I think it's a really important book for people to read. Well, our topic for today is much lighter than the books that we've been reading. (laughs) It is household management. How exactly do we get everything done to keep our homes running smoothly? The truth is, sometimes we have it all under control, but a lot of the times, it's a hot mess. (laughs) So we're going to talk about which systems are working well for us, which systems aren't, and how we divide that work up within our families. Let's start by talking about our general philosophy and outlook around home management. When I was thinking about my philosophy, I think I tend to fall more into the hot mess category and my home management does too. (laughs) So I was trying to think about that and I've tried several different systems. So there's one called Fly Lady that is zones-based cleaning And this is something that you can find online if it's something that you're interested in. But I'm part of a Facebook group where we have a leader who posts the instructions for every day. And there are zones and they rotate. And I tried it for two weeks and it was a disaster. (laughs) I just felt so resentful of having to do it. So that philosophy sure didn't work. I tend to clean most when somebody's coming over, especially Mm -hmm. if it's my mom, because... (laughs) Or my mother-in-law, because I feel like those two women, for some reason, the house needs to be clean for them. Everything else tends to get done when it can't wait anymore. I feel like I have a similar philosophy (laughs) in that I do what needs to be done to keep me from feeling really frustrated or resentful about the state of my house. Mm -hmm. And I really do relate to Gretchen Rubin's observation that outer order leads to inner calm. Mm. And I find that to be true for myself, Mm. that I love to be in a clean and tidy home. But I don't love it so much that I'm willing to do the work necessary to always have a clean and tidy home. Yeah, I do a lot of the cleaning right before people come over to visit. Mm -hmm. And I remember very distinctly when I was growing up and we were cleaning because we had some company coming to visit. (laughs) And I told my mom, I am never cleaning (laughs) whenever you come visit me. I'm just going to leave the house a mess. I'm not cleaning for company. She said, that's fine. When you grow up and have your own house, you can do it however you want. But I do clean whenever (laughs) she comes over. And I think about that every time how I said I would never do that. But But there you are doing it. (laughs) I am. And once my mother-in-law told me, you don't need to clean when we come over. And I thought, we're not talking about dusting baseboards and cleaning the ceiling fans. I've never dusted a baseboard. (laughs) Maybe I did actually one time. I only do it if I'm moving out of a rental. we moved out. Yes, Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about not having you feel gross when you walk into the bathroom. So there aren't things growing in it. Like this is a very... (laughs) minimal level to just have it be acceptable. (laughs) Same. Which leads us right into our first category of household management, which is cleaning. So I'm very sad about this category because when Andrew and I both worked full time, we had cleaning folks come in and clean our house for us. And we have been doing this since graduate school because we were just working such long hours. And then we would fight about cleaning on the weekend. And it was just awful. So we decided it was worth the under $200 a month to have the house cleaned every two weeks. And that's something we kept going after Plum was born. But with our recent efforts toward a more frugal lifestyle and getting some debt paid off, we decided that was something that could go. 
it's also really tricky to have housekeepers come in with the baby's nap mm-hmm. schedule because they would say, okay, we're coming on Thursday sometime and sort of give us a range. And it always felt like I got the range wrong where like she needed to be sleeping right when they came. And because we have basically two bedrooms, a bathroom and a huge living area, there was no way that they could do it being quiet. And then we'd be paying them to not clean a quarter of the house while she was sleeping in her room. And I was like, oh, and I'll be home so I can focus on that and it'll be a way, you know, to save some money. So with all the work that I have been doing, writing work, it's been awesome to have the work, but it's been really hard to prioritize the cleaning because I'm either parenting, cooking, which has to happen so that we can eat, or I'm doing science writing. And so I haven't quite figured out a good balance yet. We do have a Roomba, Mm -hmm. which is the robot vacuum, and that has been awesome. I think that has kept us out of like total filth mm-hmm. level. Because it helps with the pet hair, right? Yeah, because we just have so much fur at our house. And it also helps with like getting things picked up because mm-hmm. you have to have it picked up to let the Roomba run. So that helps too. Andrew will often run that while he's home on the weekends. But otherwise, mostly it's me. I think the toilet could be totally black with mold <laughs> and he wouldn't worry about it. Same with the shower. That stuff does start to gross me out. So I try and stay relatively on top of it, especially because I'm spraying diapers in the toilet. And so I Mm. look at the toilet bowl a good amount. Yes. If I were to give myself a grade on how well I'm managing this, I would give myself a C minus. Still passing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Barely. What about you, Sarah? So we have never had a cleaning service. And that's mostly because it doesn't bother me that much when our house isn't clean. Mm -hmm. I think I would like it, but it's not worth the money to me right now. Yeah. The one thing I would really want to have a cleaning service for is cleaning the shower. Mm -hmm. That is my absolute least favorite task. And that really only gets done if somebody is coming to stay at our house. Someone who's going to need a shower. Mm -hmm. Right. And part of that is our shower is really old. And I feel like even when I clean it, it still looks gross. Mm -hmm. Whenever people come over, I always let them know, I clean the shower. I promise it's clean. It just always looks like that. Even when I clean (laughs) it, it still looks dirty. But I want them to know I really scrubbed it. I don't remember that from being at your house. I mean, it's not disgusting, but it still never looks shiny, white, perfect. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm also really bad at washing floors. Mm. I'm pretty good at sweeping and vacuuming Mm -hmm. because that's something that bothers me because I'm barefoot a lot in my house. Yeah. And that I don't mind doing because I don't find that it takes that long. Right. So I'm pretty on top of that level, but not the actual washing of the floors. I just got a new tool on my mom's recommendation and actually she got it for us, which is a steam mop. Mm. So it looks like a skinny tall vacuum, but you put water in it like you would in an iron and Mm -hmm. then it puts steam out through like a little soft microfiber pad and then you use that like a mop so you can do it after you've swept or vacuumed. Does it plug in then? Is it Mm -hmm. like a vacuum in that way too? It does. Interesting. I had never mopped at our house ever and it was fine for a while, right? Mm Because we had cleaning people, but then it was like getting really bad. Yeah. So this made a huge difference. So I recommend the steam mop. That is good. I think I used to mop more often and then the one we had broke Mm. and then I've just not done anything about it. (laughs) So (laughs) in terms of who does cleaning at the house, Mm -hmm. I'm usually the one who sweeps and vacuums because I just do that during the day when I'm home. 
But if Neil's home and I say, oh, this needs to be done, then he'll do it. The bathroom is almost always me. Although if we have company, sometimes we trade off. I think one of the reasons we haven't hired cleaners is that whenever I actually clean, I realize that it doesn't take me that long. Mm -hmm. I'm probably not the most thorough cleaner in the world. But to get the toilet clean, the sink clean, sweep and vacuum, just have things at a level that I feel like is nice, Mm -hmm. doesn't take that long. I put it off, but then I usually do it all in one go. That's good. I'll get in the mood to do it and then just do it. What I loved about cleaners was that they were so much more thorough than I ever am. Mm-hmm. So it was like this really high level of clean. And I really loved that it was the whole house at once. Mm. Because generally when I'm cleaning, I'm not doing what you're saying, which is like getting it all done in one day. And so it's like the toilet gets cleaned. And then three days later, the shower gets cleaned. And then three days later, I wipe up the sink, mm-hmm. you know, and get all the hair from back behind the toilet. So the bathroom is never 100% shining beautiful all at once. Mm. And so that's another thing I miss about the cleaners. Yeah. We used to be much better about cleaning before we had kids. Mm. And when we were in grad school, we created a list that was the A list and the B list of chores that covered Mm -hmm. the whole house. And then we were each responsible for one list that week and then we'd swap. Mm -hmm. And that was really nice because everything got done. And then I felt like I had to do it because Neil was doing his chores. And so then I needed to do mine. That's good. But that hasn't really worked out after having kids because I'm home. I'd rather do it during the week while he's at work because then on the weekend, we're not dealing with it. Yeah. That I don't want to spend the weekend doing chores. That's so fair. I do hope that things will shift in the future to being more equitable on the cleaning and possibly just handing a lot of that off to our children. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's how we deal with cleaning or not. But (laughs) what about tidying? I mentioned this already, but I like having the robot vacuum because it does make us pick things up, pick shoes up off the floor, pick toys up off the floor and books and things like that. I think that we are pretty decent at this in our house. I like, and this may be from Gretchen Rubin also, but the idea that if you have horizontal surfaces that are clean, Mm -hmm. the whole place looks cleaner. Mm -hmm. So I really try and keep our dining table cleared off. We have kind of a peninsula countertop that comes out from the wall. I try and keep that pretty clear. And I like to have a place for things. I think this goes along with not feeling overwhelmed by stuff, that it feels really good to me to put things away. So I do a good amount of this kind of just throughout the day. And I think I've actually gotten better too since having Plum because Mm -hmm. she's all over everything all the time. And especially as she gets more mobile, I don't want things all over everywhere because then it's a hazard for her. For me, tidying is much more important than cleaning. And this is something I do almost every day that Mm -hmm. I like for our stuff to be put away. And I like when I come into the house to put away backpacks and put away the diaper bag and get all of that sorted as soon as we come in. Right. And in general, I am pretty much doing that all day. I feel like I'm always taking something from one room to another to get it back to where it belongs. Mm -hmm. This is much more important to me than it is to Neil Mm. and that he doesn't mind the clutter. So it's harder for him to feel motivated to stay on top of it the way that I feel really motivated to do it. Mm -hmm. But if I ever ask, then he's happy to do it. And we've had lots of talks about how the floor is not your closet and this couch is not your closet. And like Neil likes to say that he has closets throughout the house (laughs) and all of these various spaces. But he is generally pretty good at it. He knows that it's important to me 
So he tries to be responsible for his own clutter Mm -hmm. and putting his stuff away. And I think you're right that kids really help. Because if I'm leaving something out that's mine, it's not even that it's a hazard to me. It's that that thing might disappear or get colored on or I won't be able to find it later. Exactly. So I need to put it where it belongs so that it stays there. Yes. (laughs) And you can find it again when you need it. Absolutely. One thing I think we could be better at is helping our kids put their stuff away that I feel like I'm actually pretty lax with them in terms of their toys Mm -hmm. being out in our back room and that I could be better about like, oh, you got this out. Now we need to put it back away. Mm -hmm. But sometimes that feels like a lot of effort. And so I just let it be until it gets to critical mess point (laughs) and then we put it all away. Yeah, I'm lucky where Plum is right now developmentally. She really likes to put things inside other things. Mm. So we really are leveraging that to our advantage (laughs) in terms of cleaning up. Start them young. It's not always helpful because she puts things in and then she also likes to take them out. So there's a lot of like, I'm putting things away and she gets in on it and like puts a couple (laughs) things in and then she wants to pick up the basket and dump the whole thing. But better than nothing. What about laundry? I do my laundry... Plum's laundry, diaper laundry, and linens. Andrew does his own clothes. If Andrew is responsible for his bathroom towel, it will turn to a mildew farm. So that's why I do the linens. But really, I don't do linens very often. An embarrassing amount. When I was trying to do the fly lady thing, she says you should change your sheets once a week. And I was like, oh, is this what people do? Right? I know. I feel the same way. We do not change our linens once a week. That is not a happening thing. And I'm not going to say how often we do change them because it would just be embarrassing. (laughs) This is not the guilty pleasures episode. Sure isn't. That actually works pretty well because the laundry, the washer and dryer are in Plum's room. And so it's really good to be able to do it during the day. So if Andrew was responsible for laundry, for instance, he would have a pretty hard time with it because a lot of the time he's out of the house at work. And so when he's home, Plum is in her room sleeping, which is how we like it. So I'm happy to do the laundry. And I probably do one load of my clothes and baby clothes per week. And then between two and three loads of diapers, depending on how they are. And then linens as needed. And as you might know from what I said earlier, that's (laughs) not very often. (laughs) I am also mostly responsible for laundry, but on the weekends... Neil's happy to do it. Mm -hmm. We don't have a dryer, so we hang dry all of our clothes, Mm -hmm. which makes it much easier for me to do it during the week because I just start a load in the morning and then hang it up before we go out somewhere Mm -hmm. and it's ready to come in. So Neil does a lot of the bringing clothes in in the evening because it's often still up and the kids will be playing in the backyard and then he'll bring it in when it's dry. Mm -hmm. And we do all the clothes together. I don't sort by colors. I don't sort by person. Mm -hmm. It's just, oh, it looks like we have a load between everything and then I'll do that load. So it's probably every couple days. Do y'all just have one family hamper or laundry basket that everything goes in? The kids have one. We have a laundry basket and then our washer is actually in our kitchen area Mm -hmm. and there is a basket next to that. So that's where a lot of the kitchen stuff goes. Mm. But also a lot of the kids clothes end up in there because they're often getting ready for bed out in the living room or in the back room. And then 
that's the closest laundry basket to where they take off their clothes. Mm -hmm. And then I just combine them. So what about folding? Folding is almost all me because I am really particular about it. Mm. Neil would be happy to do it in the evenings when he was home. Mm -hmm. But I like the condo method of folding now. Mm. And I want all the stuff to be done that way. And that is actually not a task I mind. I find folding clothes to be very relaxing and hanging up the clothes to dry. I don't like putting away clothes. And I don't like the process of gathering them to put in the washer. Hmm. For some reason, that always feels monumental, even though it takes... 30 seconds. And I don't even sort. It's not like there's this big thing. Just putting the clothes in. So I do the washing, the folding. Neil often brings it in and he's happy to also do the washing and hanging up if it's on the weekend. I used to hate folding clothes. Like I would just leave the clothes in a wrinkly pile and pull out what I needed. (laughs) But now I actually really enjoy folding because often I'll put on a podcast or an audiobook and Plum will just be playing in her room while I'm folding. Mm-hmm. And she has some of her own clothes that she really loves, a pair of rainbow shorts and a rainbow dress. And so whenever those come out of the laundry, she'll pull them out and like wrap them around her neck and carry them around while I'm folding. Ian Plum are kindred spirits because she also often finds her favorite outfit And she actually gets really sad when she sees it hanging up on the line that she can't get it immediately when it is wet and still needs to dry. Oh, my laundry life has significantly improved now that I'm not doing diapers every two days. Mm. We used to be able to go three, but as they get older, toddler urine is very strong Mm -hmm. and tends toward the ammonia. Mm -hmm. And so we were doing every two days. So my laundry has been cut in half, at least now that we don't have to do that. So awesome. What about cooking? I plan probably 100% of what we eat and then cook at least 90% of the meals. The 10% that I don't do are Andrew, for instance, the other day made me black bean nachos, which was really nice. And then he often does grilling. So if we're grilling anything, that's his role. I like that as a chore, For several reasons. The first is that I like having control over what we're eating. I tend to feel very particular about what I want to have for dinner that day. And Mm -hmm. even if Andrew were to be making suggestions, I'm the one who makes the call because I just have such strong feelings about it. This is why we're friends, because (laughs) the control issue, exact same for me. I love it. I feel kind of sad when he picks meals and it's not something I want to eat. Yeah. And I like not just being in control of what we're having for the week, but each day, like this is what I feel like eating today and then making that. Exactly. So much of what you're saying is really resonating, Sarah. But I also really like cooking while Plum is just playing. And she has gotten really into lately. I will set a little stool that we have in the other part of the kitchen from the stove and she'll climb up and just basically play with stuff on the counter Mm -hmm. so I can hand her spoons. The other day she was watching her reflection in the bowl of the KitchenAid and talking to herself (laughs) while I was cooking. And so that is, it's just another chore like folding laundry where I feel like she's happy to do her own thing and I get to sort of do an adult thing at the same time. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing that has been really awesome is that lately Plum and I have been getting ready to leave at the same time Andrew leaves the house in the morning to walk to work. And we walk right by our food co-op on his walk. And so we'll often, all three of us, go in together and he'll push Plum in the stroller while I get a cart Mm -hmm. and shop. And then we can load it under the stroller and then go home. So that's been nice to add that to do together. Yeah. 
So as I've said, I am also the one mostly in charge of meal planning and cooking. We used to be a little more 50-50 on the cooking back when we were in grad school, that I like to have a break from it a few times a week. But since having kids, I really like to do it every day because then Neil does the cleanup and then I'm done with parenting when our kids go to bed, Mm -hmm. where he is often still needs to clean the kitchen once they go to sleep. And if he were to come home and cook then I would be doing more parenting and then have more chores after they went to bed. Mm -hmm. So for me, it feels much better to do the cooking and then be off duty. Right. Cooking isn't something that I mind at all. And usually at that point, the kids are playing in the backyard while I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. And so I can often listen to a podcast or just feel like I'm having more adult time while I'm doing it. I think in the future, it might be nice to have it be, well, maybe not. I don't know that I'm ever going to want Neil to cook. (laughs) I just like it. So I'm happy with where we are right now in terms of the balance that overall, I don't mind cooking and I really love being done, which leads us right into the other half of cooking, which is dishes. So at our house, Andrew does somewhere between 60 and 80% of the dishes. I tend to try to keep up with dishes during the day, but there aren't usually that many of them. And he is the one who almost always starts the dishwasher. He generally cleans up after dinner with both pots and pans and with, you know, our eating dishes. And I would say that this is his main chore. And it is his main chore because it bothers him way more than it bothers me. Mm. I'm a let the dishes soak. It'll be easier (laughs) to wash them later. So much so that when I lived in Chicago by myself, it was sort of a dire situation (laughs) but it's hard for him to ignore it so he tends to do it which is great with me because dishes are unending they just go on and on there will always be dishes to do even if I keep up with them during the day then if I cook something there's tons of stuff and sometimes I do clean up as I go usually plum is pretty cool to just hang she also likes to stand on her stool and watch me do the dishes which is I mean, hopefully soon we'll get her doing some dishes herself, but mostly it's Andrew. Neil does all the after dinner dishes at our house, but I am still doing a decent number of dishes throughout the day. I feel like we do have a decent number throughout the day and it does bother me. I like to have the counters clear. I like to feel like when I'm starting dinner, I'm starting with a clean slate. Mm -hmm. So if things have piled up throughout the day or I haven't gotten to them for some reason, I like to do that first before I start the meal. Mm -hmm. And dishes aren't a chore that I mind. I actually find it kind of relaxing to do the dishes and then see the finished product and have it be really nice. Mm -hmm. But I am also very happy to hand that off to my spouse and let him be in charge of it. And then in the future, we will be enlisting our kids to do dishes, which isn't that far in the future. I remember being responsible for the dishes in elementary school. Yeah. Maybe not as a kindergartner, but most of my memories of home are my sister and I trading off on who was responsible for cleaning the kitchen after dinner. It's coming. Yep. Let's move on to your favorite, lawn care. Sarah's teasing because I hate lawn care. We didn't do lawn care when we lived in Nashville because we were in a condo complex that had a lawn, but that our dues paid for someone else to do it. We didn't do lawn care in the first house we rented because the landlord paid for it. In the second huge house that we rented, we were responsible for lawn care. And I was excited about that initially. And I quickly became unexcited (laughs) after all the mowing. I don't know that I'd ever mowed a lawn before. 
living in that house? You didn't have to do it growing up? Well, we had such a huge lawn in Texas that my dad had a riding mower. Mm. So we didn't do it then. So I did not love mowing. I found it to be hot. It made me cough. So I was very thankful when we had our garage sale and sold our lawn mower because we were moving. <laughs> and we do have a lawn here, but again, it's taken care of by the landlord. And that's one thing I love about renting. Mm-hmm. So we had to do lawn care at the house we owned in Austin, the house we rented there, and the house we're in now. We didn't have to do it in the house we rented here in Bloomington. And that was really nice Mm -hmm. because we also didn't have to do the snow removal that they would shovel the sidewalk. Oh, yeah. And then not having to rake all the leaves. After doing so many house projects in Austin, it did feel really nice to not have any house projects we needed to do and to not have to do the lawn care. Yeah. It felt like we had a lot more family time on the weekends Mm -hmm. and less responsibilities that needed to happen. In the house we're in now, we do mow the yard again. I would say that Neil mostly does it, but I also do it. Mowing the lawn doesn't feel as terrible to me as it sounds like it does to you. Mm-hmm. We just have a little push mower and I find it pretty satisfying to do it because you are you can see how nice it looks when you're done. Yeah. And I like the way a freshly mowed lawn looks. And it is a chore that I did growing up. Mm-hmm. It was one of the chores that if you did, you got paid to do it. Oh, nice. Not a very high rate. <laughs> Sure. But it was a lot of money to me at the time. And my mom always said that our rates were lower because she was also providing room and board. (laughs) I think I might like a push mower better. There's not the coughing issue. Yeah. (laughs) And it's not so loud. I did wear hearing protection and stuff. But that lawn in that crazy house that we lived in was also sort of out of control. Mm -hmm. I mean, consistent with the house. There was just it was sort of like bushwhacking in the back corner. And so I'm not sure that the push mower really would have cut it. But maybe in future, if we are in a different place and need to do lawn care, if it's a smaller yard, I'll give it another shot. We also have a handheld weed whacker that's just this blade that you swing back and forth. And that is really fun because in Austin, our yard often got to be kind of wild in the back, Uh but then that would attract a lot of mosquitoes. So we'd go back with this thing and swing it back and forth (laughs) and get it so that it was at the point where we could mow it. That was a good time. HP really loves outside projects and raking, and he likes to use the push mower Mm -hmm. where supervised, of course, and with shoes on, but he likes to get behind it and push it around the yard. So I'm hoping to continue to cultivate that interest of his. Perfect. Our final section is about prepping backpacks, lunches, snacks, anything that people need to get where they're going for the day. So I sometimes pack Andrew's lunch for him while he does the dishes at night because he prefers dishes and I prefer lunch packing. We're not packing lunch for me or Plum right now, though if we go out and need a snack, I'm the one packing that sort of right as we're heading out the door. Mm -hmm. I imagine that when she starts school, which at this point is scheduled to happen in January, that I will be the one who packs for the two days the two lunches that she'll need. And I think she'll need snack too. So I would imagine that that will be me. But maybe if Andrew's doing his, he'll also do hers. Neil is responsible for all of his food outside of the home. That is something I refuse to do. I am not there or eating that meal. So I feel zero responsibility (laughs) for participating in that. (laughs) So he does it while he's cleaning the kitchen in the evening. And he's usually taking leftovers. So I did help create the meal that is going to be packed. But I don't do any of the packing with that. 
with the kids, it's the same as what you're describing, where right before we leave, I'm making a snack. Usually, you know, after we've all been up and had breakfast, I'll get our stuff ready to go wherever we're going to go. I think that'll probably be the same once school starts this fall for both of them that I'll be working on getting their stuff ready while Neil's working on getting his stuff ready. All right. Well, that's the overview of how things are working in our houses right now. We would love if you have any strategies that you could share with us that would make our lives easier or specific things you're doing that seem to be working really well. Or if you want to commiserate about sometimes living in filth, that's great too. (laughs) Now let's talk about what we've been eating lately. We have been getting a lot of potatoes in our CSA. Yeah, I love potatoes. I like them, but I don't feel like I know that many ways to cook them. Hmm. We used to always make this dish we called potatoes and eggs, which was potatoes, onions, and garlic cooked, usually with peppers, and then scramble eggs into that mixture. Mm -hmm. And I like that, but it just hasn't been calling to me lately. Hmm. So the potato pile was building, and I knew that I needed to do something with them. So we got some bacon, and then I chopped all the potatoes up, chopped the bacon up into small pieces, and then put that in the oven, Yes, all mixed together with a lot of salt. It was so good. Using the bacon grease to cook the potatoes instead of olive oil or another oil just made them much better. I feel like they got crispier, like that they didn't get quite as weird as I feel like mine usually do. Yeah. And bacon's delicious. Yeah. We don't usually eat meat at our house, but when we do, it is usually some variety of pork. And my kids love bacon. Neil and I like it. It's just a win all around. (laughs) That sounds delicious. I was going to suggest roasting potatoes because I actually think roasting does better things for potatoes than either pan frying or boiling. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that it's something about more of the sweetness can come out in the potato when you roast it, maybe Mm. because it's cooking more slowly or something like that. Yeah. But I tend to prefer roasted potatoes over most other kinds that I make at home. Overall, I prefer French fries, but (laughs) we're not usually deep frying French fries. Right. You know, on a weeknight at our house. So, yeah, this was really good. And I also love the potato and egg combination, even though I haven't been making the one I described earlier. Last night, I just fried some eggs to go on top of the potatoes and bacon. Oh, yeah. And then mix that all together. And that was really delicious. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Part of the problem is my kids don't love potatoes. Mm. They like most things, but they just ate the bacon and left the potatoes. (laughs) Well, and that's not just this meal. I feel like any way I make potatoes, it just hasn't been a huge hit. Hmm. They like French fries, obviously. Yeah. What if you did like a breakfast burrito with potatoes and eggs in it. Mm. If you wrapped it all in a tortilla, maybe would they eat it or would they still deconstruct it? I bet they would deconstruct would be my guess. And actually, tacos were my inspiration for the bacon and potatoes Mm. because one of my favorite tacos to get in Austin was potato, bean, and bacon with the salsa on top and avocado. And I failed to get tortillas at the store. Actually, because the list fell out of my pocket on the way in, and I thought I just forgot my list. And then we were walking out, and I saw it on the sidewalk, and I thought, oh, there's my list. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. But at that point, I didn't want to go back in because I had the kids with me. But I agree. Tacos would be a great way to utilize the potatoes. What have you been eating? For the first time in a long time, we made homemade pizza. And I used to make homemade pizza crust following the recipe that's in Animal Vegetable Miracle, Barbara King Solver's book about farming and eating locally. Mm-hmm. 
And then we started buying frozen pizza. And I was like, you know what? That is not even that good of crust that I was making before. And it's more expensive to, you know, make it from scratch. Mm -hmm. So if we're going to eat pizza, let's just eat frozen pizza. And we have a frozen pizza that we really love. It's called Freshetta Brick Oven Crust. And it is made without preservatives and stuff. So it's a little bit, I mean, it's still not healthy because it's frozen pizza, but it's a little bit less on the (laughs) gross side, you know? Mm -hmm. So we just did that for a long time. And then a friend moved to California and gave me a whole bunch of stuff from her pantry because she knew that I was doing frugal month. Nice. And in there was a thing of pizza sauce. So I felt inspired to find a new crust recipe to try. And the one that I tried was Smitten Kitchen's crust recipe. And I was really happy with it. It was really different the animal vegetable miracle crust is really thick and kind of bready. Mm-hmm. This one is a lot more like a cracker crust and you turn your oven all the way up. Mm-hmm. So as hot as it will go. And I thought that it came out pretty well. I think I didn't cook it quite long enough because the crust was still a little bit chewy. But I mean, I can fix that next time. It was tasty. Plum liked it. Andrew liked it. I still don't know that it's going to replace frozen pizza on the regular for us, especially because the sauce that my friend gave me wasn't my favorite. Mm-hmm. And Actually, listeners, I would love your suggestions for pizza sauces to try. The one on the frozen pizza that we love is a little bit spicy and a little bit sweet. And so if you have a sauce like that, please recommend it. I was inspired by your picture on Instagram to make homemade pizza, which we used to do all the time and I haven't done in a long time. Mm -hmm. For us, it feels pretty expensive to make our own pizza when you buy all of the cheese to go with it and the toppings. Right. And we eat so much pizza when we do it that it's not just making one pizza. Right. We would need at least two, maybe three, because we like to have leftovers for the next day's lunch. Mm -hmm. And then that feels like just a lot. Yeah. But yours looked really delicious. And my kids really love pizza. And so do I. And my mother-in-law got us this really awesome pizza stone. So I should try and get back to it. That's all for this episode of Friendlier. It's been great talking with you, Sarah, and with all of you listeners. If you haven't been to our website lately, which is friendlierpodcast.com, please check it out because we have a new header to go with our podcast logo. It is a paper cut expertly made by our friend and listener, Katie Mack. You can find more of her work at yadykatespapercuts.com. You can also find us on Instagram at friendlierpodcast or email us friendlierpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, may your books be engaging, your food delicious, and your conversations friendly. We would love... Oh, did you say this already? Mm, I feel like I kind of said that. Okay. Yeah, just leave the first one I said. I'm done. Okay, great. (laughs) I'm ready to move on. It's kind of a heavy reading section. <laughs> I know, right? Woo! <laughs> or email us, friendlierpodcast.com. We love to hear from you. <laughs> you just said email us, friendlierpodcast.com. Oh, is that what I said? <laughs> you didn't say Gmail, friend. <laughs> Whoops. I thought it sounded weird too, but I was already talking, so I just kept going. (laughs) Just keep it rolling.